<clears throat> Thank you everyone for coming this evening. We will continue with the 105th Anucheda of Srila Jiva Goswami's Paramatma Sandarbha. The title given to this subsection of the 105th Anucheda, the 8th subsection, is Pradhan is not the creator of the cosmos. Sutra 115. Um, Iksatir Nasabdam. Jiva writes here. Now, the explanation of the sutra Iksatir Nisabdam, Vedanta Sutra 115, is rendered by the word Abhijna. Here when he says rendered, he's referring to it's rendered in the first verse of the Bhagavatam by the word Abhijna. The meaning of the sutra is as follows. It is said in the Chandogya Upanishad, My dear boy, <coughs> excuse me, in the beginning there was only this unique existent, Sat, Brahman, which is one alone without a second. Then the Upanishad continues. He glanced with the resolve, let me become many, let me procreate. He created light. The translation of this sutra is as follows. Pradhan is not the cause of creation because it is not supported as such by scriptural revelation. Since the causal source has been determined by scripture to be one in whom exists the conscious act of seeing. So now he's, he's taking this fifth sutra of the Vedanta Sutra, Iksatir Nasabdam, and he is saying that the meaning is there in the first verse of the Bhagavatam, in the first line, by the word Abhijna. So that whole line is, Janmajasya yato nanyad itaratas charthe swabhijna swarat. So, Abhijna. Here, the unmanifested primordial nature, <coughs> Pradhan, described by others, <coughs> And here when he says others, he's referring to the, the followers of the Sankhya philosophy, the proponents of Sankhya, may also be posited as the cause of the cosmos. But this sutra, Iksatir Nasabdam, informs us that this is not the case. He's bringing out the fact that the Sankhya idea that the material manifestation comes about exclusively simply from Prakriti or Pradhan. Uh, sometimes they refer to the unmanifested material cosmos as Pradhana and sometimes as Prakriti once it begins to manifest. Or sometimes the words are interchangeable. So, any, however it may be presented and in what context, Basically, when you hear this nomenclature, Prakriti or Pradhana, you're referring to the, the very beginning or before it began. 
Prakriti before it be, before it's manifest or or when it just starts to manifest. And it's referred to variously, but just so we put it in context. So the the, the proponents of the Sankhya philosophy they don't give credit to a personality. They say that material nature just comes about just comes about from Perdan. Perdan manifests the material Perdana manifests the material manifestation and then it wraps it back up. But there's no active force there except what the force that they're giving accrediting to Perdan itself. So they're they're basically saying the prime the stuff that the cosmos is made of is in and of itself powerful enough to generate a cosmos and wrap it up. That's their philosophy. Jiva's saying, okay, that's their philosophy, but it doesn't work. If we're going to accept the Veda, and if we're specifically going to accept that part, because the Sankhya philosophy is based upon the Veda also. The Veda is a very wide birth of knowledge. So they also base their philosophy. They're also uh, Astika, meaning that they accept the Vedas, different philosophical schools, according to Indian culture. Those philosophic schools that are, uh, accept the Vedas are referred to as Astika, and the Gnosticas don't. They do not accept the Vedas. The Sankhya, the Sankhya philosophers, they accept the Veda, but they're taking out those portions that support their idea that ultimately the the universe is just it's just manifesting out of Pradhan. And Jiva's saying no. If we look to this fifth verse of the Vedanta Sutra, this verse, and he's going to unpack this verse in this Anucheda, or this subsection of the 105th Anucheda, to show that, no, this Ixatir, the Subdam, it doesn't, if we're going to accept the Vedanta Sutra, if we're going to accept the Vedic knowledge, then we need to accept the Vedic, the basis of the Vedas, and we need to we need to accept the the Brahma Sutra, the Vedanta Sutra, as the essence of what's contained in the Vedic aphorisms. And here, in the very fourth af- sutra, it says, "Iksatir the Subdam." So now he's going to say, "This is what this sutra means." And he's also indicated that this sutra is contained in the first verse of the Bhagavatam. We're going to walk away from this 105th Anucheda and say, wow, all you need is the first verse of the I mean, there's so much packed into this as we go forward here. So, Janmadhyasya yato nanyad, itarachastraseis swabijna swarat. That for which the scriptural revelation, Sabda, 
is not a source of valid testimony, Praman is called a subda. Okay, so if you're not going to accept scriptural revelation as your primarily primary source of evidence of spiritual knowledge, then that's a subda. Your your approach to to revelation could be said as to be a subda, i.e. pradan. So he equates these these terminologies, a subda and pramana. He, he equates them, i.e. pradana, which is discernible through inference instead. In other words, the Sankhites, the follower, the, those that accept the Sankhya philosophy of cosmic evolution, their whole approach is inference alone. They they don't have any scriptural. Although they are they follow the Veda, they infer their philosophy. They pull their they they apply their own conclusions and infer that certain things in the scripture support their conclusions. So their whole philosophy is not just to take Vedic statements as they are. We're kind of like the as the as as it is group, the Gaudias. We accept the Vedas as it is. We accept Bhagavad Gita as it is. We don't need an interpreter. Krishna says pretty clearly in there what he means. We don't need to say, well, Krishna really didn't mean that, and Krishna really wasn't a person, and there wasn't a battlefield, and this is referring to the the conflicts that are in the mind of, the, of man, and you know, really mankind's talking to himself, and who knows all the different ways that different philosophers look at the simple Gita Upanishad and give their own interpretation and infer one thing to mean another when Scripture's pretty straightforward, especially when we come to the to the Vedanta Sutra, the Brahma Sutra. It's, I mean, it's pretty right there in your face. This is. You know, Atato Brahma Jignasa, now inquire into Brahman. And so the sutras are, are straightforward. And we notice that scriptural, scriptural, this Bhagavatam is pretty straightforward literature. You really have to twist things around. That's why it's so important for us to, to arrive at, 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 the proper approach to scripture so that we we can separate the significant portions of the scripture and and have and see how a sampradaya that's that's developed uh, developed their their understanding of the supreme absolute truth uh, is 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 based on the core ideas that are presented in Scripture. It's pretty straightforward. That doesn't mean that different acharyas in different circumstances may present things differently according to cultural necessity. But when we come down to the the basic the basic 
the basis of a sampradaya, that always has to be tied back to the core scriptural basis. Otherwise, problem. As we see here, it's a problem. God didn't create the universe. The universe created itself. Itself itself evolved out of unconsciousness. There was no plan, no reason. Perdana just started to bubble up and here comes the universe or more than one universe or whatever their conception is. All right, so Asabda and here, uh, like Perdana, uh, which is arrived at through inference instead. That Perdana is not what is being established here in the scriptural determination of the source of creation. So Jiva goes on. Why is it that Perdana is not validated by scriptural revelation? Anticipating this doubt, this is all Jiva unpacking this for us. Anticipating this doubt, the Sutra says, Ixatir, because of the mention of Brahman's act of seeing. In other words, Pradhana is not supported as such because Scripture expressly employs the root ix to see, which denotes the specific activity related to the meaning of the word sat, or conscious existence, mentioned again in that he quotes the Chandogya Upanishad, which is the Visaya Vakya for the Sutra. There it is also said, he glanced. But such glancing is not possible for inert pradana. Being what, what glancing can, can a primeval, the prime, primordial mix of material nature can, how can it glance? Yes. So the Vinata Sutra says that he saw. Not just to Chandogya Upanishad supports that, but it's also said in the sutra itself. Well, I, uh, there's one thing that's interesting here, and I wanted to research it, but I didn't have time, is the way this is written and presented in English, which denotes the specific activity related to the word sat, or conscious existence, mentioned in Chandogya Upanishad, which is the Visaya Vakya for this sutra. So I don't know what this Visaya Vakya, if there is a, if, remember that I would, I would assume that we, the, the Brahma Sutras or the Vedanta Sutra are the essence of the Upanishadic statements from the various Vedas. So what we, what I could infer, <laughs> assume from this, what I think it means is this particular fifth sutra of the Vedanta Sutra is drawn from this Chandogya Upanishad because it's the Visaya Vakya. Visaya, Ashraya, the Shelta, you know, so Visaya Vakya may, it's, it's the 
it's the source of the idea from which this sutra made it into the Vedanta Sutra. In other places, in the Shruti also, it has been said that the creation is preceded by the act of seeing. He glances with the intention. Then, Atareya Upanishad, let me create the worlds. He creates these worlds, the vast space between heaven, the visible galaxy, the earth, and the subterranean world. And then he gives some more. Uh, he created these worlds, the vast space between heaven, the visible galaxy, the earth, and the subterranean world. Atareya Upanishad 1, 1, 1-2. So he's, he's kind of bringing that out, that the, you know, these Vedanta Sutras are really sutras. They're, they're like the condensed essence of various things that are found in the Upanishads. The act of seeing here entails omniscience because it involves deliberating on all that is to be created within the cosmos. Therefore, to convey this entire meaning of the sutra, the Bhagavatam verse says, the supreme truth is omniscient, abhijna. So now he's going to the Bhagavatam, the same terminology in the first verse of the Bhagavatam that is there in this fifth sutra of the Vedanta Sutra. And guess what? A doubt could be raised. But surely, at that time, there was no possibility of there being any object for Brahman to glance upon. Since it is stated that he was one alone without a second, and Jiva quotes Chandogya Upanishad, one alone without a second. So what could he look at? So there was nothing to see, so he didn't have anything to glance upon, so therefore, what doesn't, Jiva's saying, you could say, doesn't make sense. He glanced upon what? If he's one alone, if it's, if the, if the supreme whole, Brahman, created, but what created from what? what everything springs forth from him. So there was nothing else there except him for it to spring forth from. So what did he glance upon? To this the verse responds, Jiva continues, He is self-resplendent, Swarat. Abhijna Swarat. So the Bhagavatam, the next word is Swarat. Meaning that he exists in those various forms by virtue of his own essential being, Swarup. This is affirmed in the mantra. And then he quotes from another, the Svetasvatara Upanishad. He does not possess a material body or senses. He is inherently self-endowed with cognitive capacity, jnana, jnana shakti, infallible will, bala shakti, and the capacity to act, kriya shakti. And we're familiar with that verse. We've heard it a few times. Parashya saktir vividaiva suryate 
Svabhavika jana bala kriyacha. Jana bala kriyacha. So the Lord has these, these characteristics. Jana shakti, bala shakti, and kriya shakti. The capacity to be aware of things, the capacity to be have an infallible will, such as sankalpa, whatever he desires, <coughs> immediately accomplished, and the capacity to act, kriya shakti. By this, it also follows that, like seeing, like his seeing capacity, his cognitive capacity, his endowment with form is also inherent, which will also be confirmed later when it is said that he breathed. That form is indeed the same as has been described earlier. From the commentary, an analogy is given that will might make it a little easier for us to understand this last portion of the, the subsection. Uh, just as the head of state is on leave, taking a vacation, and is said to be alone in his mansion, it, is not, it does not mean that there is no family members or personal attendants accompanying him. All it means is that no outsiders are present in his company. So this is an analogy that's given in order to abhijna swarat, self, self-endowed, self-resplendent is another uh, translation. So we'll continue to the next 105.9, the ninth subsection of the 105th Anacheda. Bhagavan is the source of the Veda. Alternate. It's an alternate explanation that Jeeva is going to give us to Sutras 3 through 5. So we'll go back just to know what he's talking about. 3 through 5. They're so easy. Atato Brahma Jignasa. That's the first. The second is Janmajasya Yataha, which is actually the the beginning of the first line of the Bhagavatam verse. Uh, the third is Sastra Yonitvat. Then Tattu Samanvayat. Then the fifth one is the one we just did. Iksitir Nasabdam. So now he's going to give, Jiva's going to give an alternative meaning to the third, fourth, and fifth sutras of the Vedanta Sutra. Next, the Bhagavatam verse 111 offers an alternative meaning to the sutras, Vedanta Sutra 113, Sastra Yonitvat. In the second line, who revealed the Veda to the first seer, Brahma, by way of the heart. The alternative meaning is as follows. Why is the agency of the creation, sustenance, and dissolution of the cosmos attributed to Brahman? Why is it not attributed to Pradhana, as stated in another philosophical system? Or why not to some other entity? In response, the sutra says that it is because he is 
the womb, yoni, the source of the scriptures, sastra, called the Veda. The Shruti says, my dear, Maitreya, the Rig, Yajur, Sama, and Atharva Vedas, as well as the Itahasas, Puranas, Vidyas, Upanishads, Slokas, Sutras, Upasutras, and Vakyanas all appear from the breathing of the Supreme Being. So now he's, he's going down to the second line of the first verse of the Srimad Bhagavatam. Taini Brahma Hridaya Adai Kavaye. And he's going to unpack that. By unpacking that for us, he's going to further explain um, these three sutras from the Vedanta Sutra dealing with the significance of Shastra being the only valid means whereby one can acquire reliable knowledge, Praman. Scripture contained various scripture contains various types of unlimited knowledge that are inaccessible through any other means of valid knowing, Praman. And its source is Brahman alone, as confirmed by Scripture itself. Consequently, Brahman is the chief omniscient. Without such omniscience, no other entity can perform the complete acts of creation sustenance and dissolution, and thus the cause of the cosmos is Brahman alone, having the characteristics described above and not Pradhan uh, or any other living entity. This is now explained in detail in the Bhagavatam verse. Who revealed the Veda to the first seer, Brahma, by way of the heart? Taini Brahma the word Brahma here means the Veda. The original seer, Adikavi, is Brahma. Bhagavan caused the Veda to manifest directly through Brahma's heart, i.e. Exclusively, exclusively through his illuminated interior sense, Antakarna, and not by speaking words. The same thing happened to Dhruva in a, in, in a, to a certain extent. He didn't even know when he finally had darshan with the Lord after being five years old and performing austerities and the Lord appeared before him and he was at a loss for words. How do you praise this personality? Because he was only five, he hadn't yet been schooled in, in scripture. He hadn't yet learned from a guru how, how to worship the Lord properly. But he wanted to offer, his intent was, I want to do this right. I, this, here's the Lord appearing before me. I don't want to get it wrong. How do I worship you? And of course, the Lord, he, he knows what's in our heart. He knows what is our desire. Reading Dhruva Maharaja's heart and understanding his desire in regards to worship, being able to offer prayers appropriately, 
but also knowing Dhruva didn't have any any context. He didn't have the how do you you know how do you praise somebody? There's a certain way that you're supposed to do it appropriately, and that's revealed through Vedic knowledge. Dhruva didn't have any. So the Supreme Lord touched him with his conch shell and immediately all the imports of the Vedas were known to him. So we're see, we see here that the same is shown in relationship to Brahma. Brahma, it's not that Krishna sat down and explained everything to him through a discourse. It just self-manifested in his heart all the all the imports and knowledge of the Vedas. Just there it is. Now you have it. Now create. <laughs> so that's what's being. So immediately he's uh, Adi Kavi. He's the original uh, Kavi. This, uh, this terminology. Uh, what master? Master, master of knowledge. By way of the heart, Taini Brahma, Brahma here meeting the Veda, Hrida Ya Adi Kavaye. Bhagavan caused the Veda to manifest directly through Brahma's heart, exclusively through his illuminated interior sense, Anta Karana, and not by speaking words. Here the word Brahma standing for the Veda, signifying vastness or immensity, Brihat, implies that his, Bhagavan's, being inherently self-endowed with all knowledge by way of the heart, Hrida, informs us of his eminence and omnipotence. The words, to the first seer, or poet, indicates that he is the source of the scriptures, Shastra Yoni, since he was the source even of Brahma's edification. There is also a Shruti statement in this regard. Again, Svetasvatara Upanishad. Being desirous of liberation, I seek refuge of that very supreme deity who illuminates the intellect in regard to the self, who created Brahma in the beginning and bestowed the Vedic knowledge upon him. Then the verse of the in the Bhagavatam, again this is the second line or the third line, depending if you're including Onamo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Uh, so it begins Taini Brahma Hrida Yada Hrida Ya Adi Kavaye Muyanti Ya Suraya. So what's this Muyanti Ya Suraya mean? And Jiva's going to explain. Even liberated beings, Mukta Jivas, are not the source of the Vedic knowledge. To establish this, the verse says, about which even great sages are perplexed. Muyanti Yat Suraya. The pronoun Yat, about which here refers to the Vedic knowledge called Brahma. 
the great sages, Suraya, who are also perplexed about the meaning of the Vedas, include even Sesha and others, Jiva say. Even Sesha and others who can't, Sesha is constantly speaking the Veda. Just, it's constantly coming from him. Vedas. And he can never reach the end. But it, what Jiva is saying is this particular section of the first verse of the Bhagavatam is speaking about personalities like Sesha not knowing fully the Vedic knowledge. This statement points us to none other than Sri Bhagavan, the original source of the lotus-naveled Vishnu, who is the origin of Brahma and the revealer of the Vedas, which are identical to or coexistence with his breath during his divine play of cosmic sleep. This is also described by statements such as he who inspired Sarasrati in the beginning. Jiva Goswami continues. Now an alternative meaning to Sutra 114, Tattu Samanvayat, is being given. Oh, he's not done unpacking these for us. <laughs> he's going to step back one step now and, and go back to the the fourth sutra from the Vedanta Sutra. There is a reason by why Bhagavan is the source of the Vedas, and this is explained in this sutra. In the word samanvaya, which can be divided into two parts, sam and anvaya, the prefix sam means complete, or, in other words, all perspectival, and anvaya denotes perfect knowledge. So, Samanvayat means he from whom is derived the complete knowledge or realization, Parigyana, of the meaning of the Vedas. This entity is ascertained as the womb, Yoni, or in other words, the repository of the scripture. This signifies, on the one hand, that the Jiva is certainly not in possession of complete knowledge, and on the other, that Pradhan is strictly unconscious, indicating that neither of them can be the source of the Veda, Sastra Yoni. The womb from which all knowledge comes is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Don't, don't think in any other way, Jiva's saying. It can't be a Jiva, even to the, up to the point of someone even the great sages, the people that supposedly know the Veda, even Sesha, no, that's, they're not the womb of Vedic knowledge. It can only be the Supreme Lord. So it's, it's not, and as far as it being Pradhan, the source of, of, of the knowledge, the knowledge upon which Brahma is able to, to populate a universe, create and populate a universe, that's also not feasible. So when we use this term yoni, the entity is ascertained as the womb, yoni, or in other words, the repository of the scriptures. This signifies on the one hand that the jiva is not in possession of complete knowledge and on the other that pradhana is strictly 
unconscious, indicated, indicating that neither of them can be the source of the Vedas, Sastra Yoni. As the Shruti says, he knows whatever is to be known, and yet, and yet of him there is no knower. So to disclose, through the principle of exclusion, that Bhagavan is intrinsically self-endowed with complete knowledge of the Veda, the verse indicates the lack of such complete knowledge in all jivas whatsoever by the phrase Mujanti Yat Suraya, about which even great sages are perplexed. This is the first verse of the Bhagavatam. So don't think that the knowledge that you're going to receive here is 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 based on anything else. This is this is the real deal, and it's being unpacked for us. It's the real deal. It's what it it's the knowledge that gave Brahma the capacity to create a universe. It's the knowledge by which you can attain self-realization, and there's no question of its source. If we look carefully to the opening verses of the Vedanta Sutra, or we look carefully to the very first verse of the Bhagavatam, this is made perfectly clear. That's what Jiva Goswami is conveying here. Even learned sages, learned sages such as Sesha, are perplexed as to the meaning of the divine sound revelation, Sabda Brahman. This is described by Swayam Bhagavan, Sri Krishna himself. Now Jiva Goswami goes to the 11th canto of the Bhagavatam and he quotes Krishna. Krishna says, No one in the world besides me knows the heart, the inner mystery of the Veda. What it enjoins and prohibits in its Karmakanda portion they can't even get the karma karna They don't know even that completely. What it reveals through mantras and aphorism in its portion dealing with the worship of gods and what it concludes after examining various alternatives in its jana kanda division. By this also Bhagavan alone has been directly described. Now an alternate, alternate, alternate meaning of the Sutra 115, Ixitir Nasabdam, is illuminated by the word Abhijna itself. Jiva's just, he's unpacking this, he's showing, and really we, we can come away from this whole presentation at the end of the Paramatma Sandarbha with a, a deep, appreciation of the significance of of Shastra, of the, our reliance on Shastra, of Shastra being the basis upon which uh, uh, the Siddhanta of a Sampradaya is established and that Shastra is presenting the various tattvas, the truths upon which that Siddhanta is formulated and from that formulation, then we have a conception. And the conceptions, they differ from one Vaishnava Sampradaya to another Vaishnava Sampradaya. But they're all based 
on Scripture. And what Jiva's doing for us is he's showing we're in the Madhva Gaudiya Brahma Madhva Gaudiya Sampradaya and we look to the Bhagavatam as that's that's really where the essence of an understanding of the Vedanta Sutra, which is the essence of all the all the various Veda as far as the spiritual essence. There's other essences there in the Vedas, the Karmakanda sections, there's Vedic presentations for living entities and various under the influence to a lesser or greater de- degree of all the various modes of material nature. So, I mean, the Veda is extremely comprehensive, but when we get to the spiritual essence, what's the what's the heart of the heart of Vedic knowledge, then we have to go to the Vedanta Sutra. This has been extracted. Here, here it is. Here's the sutras. And it's, it's very significant because every Sampradaya, the Siddhanta, the underlying principles, the underlying understandings of every Vaishnav Sampradaya rests upon a comprehensive viewpoint on the Vedanta Sutra. We're a little different, the Gaudias. We say, why not just take the one that the author himself presented, the Bhagavatam, and it's, it's, it's a good approach. Not only that, but the Bhagavatam itself, the author explains how it came about. I did the whole job. I presented all the Vedic knowledge in writing for the benefit of humanity. All four Vedas, and then a fifth Veda, the Mahabharata, and then the Vedanta Sutra, then all the Puranas. I presented it all. But I was discontent. I hadn't. I just, something didn't sit right with me. And then my guru asked me to enter deeply into my discontent. And I did so. And it was revealed to me in Revelation the necessity to present the Bhagavat Purana again so that it brought out completely the significance of the true goal of human life, which doesn't rest in artha, dhamma, kama, or moksha. It rests in prema bhakti. So, Jiva is just, you'll see as we go on here, he's, he's going to go into the, he's going to show, <laughs> just to give you a little preview, he is going to come to a conclusion here that the opening verse of the Srimad Bhagavatam deals, the first verse alone, deals with all four sections of the Vedanta Sutra. Do we have any questions this evening? Thank you for your association.